the figure. Look at the turn. Oh, that was brilliant, Luke Bruce. Gee, it's a good kick. It is a great kick. It's one for the ages. O'Brien, some candy, and then a goal. Lewis runs into the open goal. Thank you very much. The Hawks are back in town. True to form this trade period, we're waiting for a little less conversation and a little more action from Hawthorne with no exchanges made just yet. Nevertheless, Hawks fans, we thought it might be good to check in and untangle all that chatter that's been happening this past week. From the interesting to the absolutely absurd, welcome to the Hawk Talk podcast for this short and sweet trade period check-in. My name is Nick Mason and Tiz, how are you enjoying the weekend, our refuge from trade radio? Oh, is it not on? <laughs> I wouldn't have known. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you just have to go on Twitter, find out the latest news. There hasn't been much movement. I feel sorry for the blokes trying to get a little bit of scuttle, but they just seem to be flogging Hawthorne. Hawthorne can't do this. Hawthorne can't do that. Hawthorne should be doing this. They should be looking at... What was the conversation? It was uh, Hawthorne should be looking at accelerating their redevelopment, flogging everybody, and then uh, a couple of weeks later when it's revealed that actually we would like a conversation about, about anybody above 26. Uh, they're all available, uh, depending on your offer. Um, come to us and they're like, what a mess. What a mess of a club. You, you absolutely cannot win as far as anyone on Trade Radio is concerned because these same blokes have been pushing their agenda for years and years and years. Tell us to go hard at the draft. Hawthorne, got to go back to the draft. Hawthorne's trying to get back into the draft where, you know, we've got a a decent-ish hand, trying to improve it, putting some players out there, allegedly, and all the talk is, what an omni-shambles this has become, this club. I kind of like that Sammy's on the front foot, uh, if he is actually calling other clubs, as we've been told, to say, hey, look, I think, uh, you know, this player would be a really good fit at your club. What's so we have a chat about it? There's plenty of players out there like that. The thing I was confused about is this idea that that's somewhat remarkable somehow. I mean, wouldn't it be a little more concerning, I I think for supporters mostly, if they heard that the club wasn't doing anything? Like, isn't this the sort of thing that's got to happen? And also, we've got more than a week of all this stuff. If they're not talking to one another, what on earth? earth are they doing exactly that's my point this is just par for the course surely gosh anyway uh very unentertaining so far uh they need to have some sort of time restriction or i don't know there needs to there needs to be more carrot than stick to a few of these things i think the compensation we've received for tim o'brien is subpar what compensation i think that's the question we have we got sweet fa that's right i mean but you look at uh Jake Kelly, he got they got a third round draft pick for that fella, and then the bloke out of Richmond who only just you know started kicking the footy in the seniors, they get a third round pick. Marby or Charles, now he looks good, fair enough, but uh, the stats aren't there. The income wasn't there for him. Where did the third round pick come from? It, it's just so open to bias and unquestionably. Flawed. Oh, the, the catch cry going around at the moment is secret herbs and spices. And that is effectively how the system is run. Like, we, there's no rhyme or reason to any of this stuff. And I did expect that 
when O'Brien was leaving and, and when he went to the Western Bulldogs that we wouldn't get a single thing for him. And that's exactly how it played out. I, I looked at people, you know, the chatter online about, oh, what do you reckon? A third, third round pick or a fourth, maybe fourth? No, of course not. We're not getting anything for him. Come on. Yeah, we're Hawthorne. We're not Geelong. Geelong would have got a mid-range second round pick for Tim O'Brien. We historically just never fare well in this stuff, Hawthorne. We never get on the right side of things. Whenever it's opaque, it never falls our way for some reason. 100%. Anyway, it's because you're successful. And I feel that uh, if there is some kind of pushback against Sammy, uh, it's the fear of him being more successful than he already is. Find me a club that has copped more criticism this trade period than Hawthorne. Uh, and, and for what? For doing their due diligence and putting the call out there and tabling, you know. It's funny. When it's trade period, it's their veterans, veteran players. When it's during the season, it's their ageing stars. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is, I mean, this is all a function of the media. And, and, and I think there will be some deals coming into the end of the week. And, and generally, that's what happened. I remember Jago Ramirez's trade went right up to the wire. Remember that? And we were all so bloody wrapped that he got there. But um, Tom Mitchell and, and Sydney, they got that done fairly easily. Um, that was clear cut. Good deal for both sides. I think this is where we diverge. I know that a a quiet, silent Hawthorne is one that people should be wary of. We know that historically. But just something about this trade period, I'm just not sure anything's going to get done. I, I just have a sneaky suspicion that all this talk is really not going to go anywhere. I, I can see what we're trying to do. We've allegedly got the likes of O'Meara and Mitchell, Gunston, Wingard, even though Wingard has said he's not going anywhere, which is pretty funny. Uh, apparently they're all on the table though according to the media and look it's fine in theory and these are the sorts of calls and moves that Hawthorne should be exploring but I just don't know about the suitors I I don't know where a deal's going to come from oh look if you put Tom Mitchell into a few of those top eight sides they're premiership hopefuls they really are it's just what they have to give up for him and we would be demanding a fair bit the same with Jager and look if we can accelerate the rebuild fantastic but we're going to be having a lot of change on that list anyway so it's adding another first rounder or not adding another first rounder as far as i'm concerned there's no point just sort of fiddling around i think there was some talk about st kilda taking two of our 20 you know around 20 picks and we taking one of their first rounds um yeah i i don't really know about that I mean, it sounds good. Would you rather have the opportunity to select two above-average players in the 20s or would you like to have your say at pick 9 or 10? Do you know what I mean? It's a a difficult question. And if we were to get Gold Coast pick 3, I think I'd be wrapped. Two in the first 8 would be magnificent for us. Yeah, those are the kind of first-round picks that I'm looking at, like really those high-end picks. I don't know about sacrificing our 20s to do that it would have to be players and you know as you say it's it's not that opposition teams are just flat out not interested I don't believe that for a second I think the the suitors that are potentials like out there they're looking at dealing with Hawthorne but their position is well what you're asking is too much like like a Richmond Richmond would probably like Tom Mitchell 
But for, for what we're asking, for what we need back, I, I just don't think the deal's going to get done. And that's okay. We retain who we want to retain. The players get to stay exactly where they want to be. Because <laughs> we've heard from all of them that they don't want to leave Hawthorne. Yeah, it sounds a bit comfortable, doesn't it, Hawthorne? It sounds like they really love the joint. And it's gonna, it's gonna, they're going to have to really push some of these fellas out the door. And it, it's going to be agonising, really. But then... It, it's just not happening. It's, they're not performing. So morale post Clarko appears to be good now. I think that's the impression I get. Unless you listen to Timmy in his interviews in the Herald Sun, where he said there was a lot of disturbance off field, and uh, that's one of the reasons why I looked at another club. Uh, yeah, whatever, Timmy. You played your best bloody football this year, mate, and uh, with all that off-field disturbance. So, you know, have a fun time with the dogs. We nursed him through eight years. How's that? You know, where's the where's the off-field disturbance there? And he slams the door on the way out. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, a little bit disappointing. It's probably true, though. He probably was emotionally a charged period. Oh, ab- absolutely. But I think... I would like to think that the club's bounced back from that since. It it has been a fair while since all the Clarko stuff blew up. This is very much a, a Sam Mitchell-led club at the moment. You know, the, the extent to which he's getting involved in this trade period and reportedly being, you know, very hands-on, I just think that the the year is underway. We're not we're not prepping ourselves for, oh, and, and we're going to head into this 2022 campaign. Like, that's... We're in it. We're doing it right now. Yeah. He's, uh, he's putting his... Foot to the floor and uh, looking to make this team his kind of team as early as possible. And it's exactly what he should be doing. Now, uh, to that end, we've had a couple of uh, recent contract extensions, which is good to see. Uh, Howe and McGuinness have signed. And uh, I would have done a bit of a, a Willy Wonka-esque thing here, Tiz, and strike it and reverse it. Because Howe has got only one year, but McGuinness has got the two. Now, I would have flipped that. I would have expected that Howe would have got the two and McGuinness the one, but not to be. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, what Howe's doing there. Um, either the the offers collapsed from the other clubs for him and he decided to take the one, or he's taken the one with an eye to look to move on if it doesn't work out at the end of next year. We, we have banged on about this in previous podcasts. You know, We heard reports of him eyeing off the likes of Sydney and Richmond, and if that has been the case and he's settled for one year with Hawthorne, I think, you know, can we read into that? Can we get an idea of the kind of interest that the other clubs were showing in Dan Howe? It doesn't, in that case, doesn't sound like it was too much. But he does have the one year, and look, he could be, he could be sussing it out. He could be prepping himself for a move next year. We'll just wait and see. I mean, look, like I said, there's going to be a lot of change already, and we're looking to develop our own players. I'm not sure. We've gone fairly mercenary in the past. So I feel that's why we're not really targeting anyone to bring in who's already cemented their AFL career at another club. We're not looking to uh, bring in another Wingard or a Chad or a Tom Mitchell. We're looking to actually build them from within. And probably, I'd guess, Sam Mitchell's of the mind to bring them through the Box Hill treatment, as he already has with a few fellas, and get and get the fundamentals right there before they pitch up to the AFL. Um, and that's why I like them demanding picks rather than player swaps. Well, as far as player swaps are concerned, Hawthorne's been there and done that in the past few years. And, you know, whether you're a glass half empty or glass half full kind of kind of guy, 
it doesn't look like it's progressed the way in which we had kind of hoped. And I mean, we, we've had an article, I forget who wrote it, it was in The Age, just the past couple of days. It was basically like, yeah, it was probably time to move some of these blokes on last year so now we have the dual narrative of not only should we have not brought in the likes of mitchell wingard omira not only should we have not brought them in we also should have turfed them sooner too it's just a as far as outside noise is concerned just a catastrophic failure but this is why i kind of like this new tact right we're not doing that it's not about player swaps anymore We've been there, done that. It's time for a different strategy. And look, there's still plenty of time. There's still a few days in the trade period to go. So I could eat my words, but I think that's what we're trying to do. I think we're trying to just go the draft route and and doing what so many people have wanted Hawthorne to do for a number of years, finally. Look, we can always look back and see that that was a failed move. But at the time, we were wrapped to get that kind of talent in. Jager didn't hit hit the ground running like we hoped he would, um, but he's since corrected and he looks good. Uh, but we had, a, we had a great team, you know, best team in the modern era. If you can do a couple of top-ups and hit another grand final, they know what to do on the day. That was the plan. That didn't eventuate. Now we're paying a little bit, but now we want to accelerate out of this lull with a new coach, new players, new direction, if you've got to make hard decisions, and if those hard decisions are going to be criticised by the press because, you know, it doesn't fit their tune, couldn't care less. I'm back in Sammy. I hope he does something a little bit more, uh, I don't know. There's, there's, there's so much data in football now that I hope that Sammy trusts his guts. I really do, because I think he has a fantastic mind for football. And... Uh, I like the idea that he's actually hands-on in not only the recruiting, but also in the trading out. You know, the irony is that so much of the reporting about Hawthorne over the last few years of of uh, Alistair Clarkson's tenure was that it was basically Clarko's world and everyone else is just living in it. Like the, the extent to which he had control and like power over the direction of the club, that a lot was made of that. Are we, are we starting to see that with Mitchell already? Because he's putting his blueprint down that's clear. Oh, I think they've all got the same goal. Obviously, Mitchell knows that better than anybody. And for him to lead that goal from the start, I think is very important. I, I think uh, he's, got some, he's got some new heads. He's got some old heads there advising him. But, you know, he, he's seen some talent out west that he wants to bring here. He's, he's seen what he doesn't like in the lineup at the moment. And he's asked them to look for other opportunities, which is fine. Um, and, you know, you just have to let him have the first, you know, probably two years because he's going to, he's going to stuff up and don't imagine the media is going to give him a, a free ride either as an early new coach, because if this is any indication, wow. <laughs> yeah, they've gone early. Uh, let's do a bit of a roundup of what has actually taken place so far. And it, look, it's precious little. Tim O'Brien has moved to the Western Bulldogs via free agency, so he's gone. Uh, Segler is still looking for a new home. Uh, there seems to be a, a number of clubs that could buy it, maybe even Geelong. Um, you know, I've heard from a few of our listeners and supporters like online, on, on social media, saying like, oh, Hawthorne dealing with Geelong, forget about it. Why would we want to give Geelong anything? To which I reply, 
I'd be quite happy to give Geelong a 30-plus-year-old ruckman who has an extensive injury history. If I'm going to send a player like that anywhere, let it be Geelong. Yeah, but what are we going to get for him? Uh, off the top of my head, they've got a few picks in the 30s, so they, they might give us one of the later ones there. I think maybe they even have a pick in the 40s. So, I don't know. I'm just spitballing, of course. It doesn't have to be Geelong. See, this is my biggest headache. If we do lose Segler... You know, that's a big hole. I know he hasn't played a lot of games, he's been injured, but it's still a massive hole, and you're relying on McAvoy to get through another season unscathed. And I just think it puts a lot of pressure on the recruiters to find go-to ruck options straight off the bat. Yeah, and you've got to keep in mind also we no longer have O'Brien, who was more than happy to chip in and be a serviceable and enough ruck. Uh, when he needed to be. Um, it also puts pressure on the idea of uh, attracting Lynch, Max Lynch from Collingwood. And, uh, you know, the, the scuttlebutt around that is that it hasn't really progressed that far. Collingwood want to retain him too. So, you know, get, getting rid of Segler in the hopes of, yeah, we'll just pick up Lynch, no problems. That's a bit dicey at this stage. I think Wright said we haven't heard from Hawthorne. I think you might be right. Yeah, that, that might have been the quote. So when I say it hasn't progressed... I very much mean it, folks. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, we're not a destination club. No, no, oh, absolutely not. We are, you know, we we've been chatting. We chat every day, basically, and this is a hundred percent true. What you said about Hawthorne being pariahs at the moment. We're we're the outcast club. There's nothing sexy about Hawthorne. Well, there might be in a couple of years' time, but not right now. If you're a player, though, Hawthorne pretty good in their dealings. Like you, you're not gonna get stuffed over no i'm not saying you know it's it's 100 percent unattractive or anything like that but we we just don't have the the draw or the power or the appeal that we used to and that you know that'll happen with a rebuilding club and especially one that has seen a massive changing of the guard this is just sort of our medicine and we have to take it yeah well anyway what are you dreaming about nick who do you want to see in Hawthorne colours next year. Or who do you want to see in Port Adelaide colours? How's John looking in black and teal for you? Yeah, there's there's been nothing formally tabled yet with uh, Jager O'Meara to Port Adelaide, but I don't know, would I be comfortable with that? It all depends on what we get back. Um, you know, it's been suggested maybe a straight swap for Laddams. Wow. <laughs> I've seen that go around. I don't know about that. Um, yeah, it, it all depends on improving our position. And again, the thing... I struggle to see is what clubs can and are willing to give back to Hawthorne. I just don't see any other club dealing with us, which is not a great position to be in, but, you know, we've still got some uncertainty around Hanrahan. That's one chess piece that we do have that we can move on. I'm not sure we'd get much for him, but, yeah, his uh, his future with the club is still up in the air. Yeah, well, Mitchell is uh, looking for small forwards, so obviously Hanrahan isn't really up to the task as far as Mitchell sees. So uh, even even though he played wonderfully in the midfield, so good good luck to him, but I don't see that Sam's going to retain him. It doesn't seem like he's cut the mustard there. Um, you know, it, for a brief glimmer of hope, we, we thought maybe uh, Bobby Hill from GWS expressed an interest in, in coming to Victoria. He has actually chosen Essendon, who are, who are the front runners anyway, so we can put a line through that. Yeah, okay. Well... You know, Bobby Hill's promised a lot. He's delivered a few times, but, you know, he's never really 
set the world on fire. So I don't know what they would have been asking for there. But Statistically, he's actually incredibly similar to Hanrahan. You know, the number of games played, the scoring output... I'd say, you know, things like goal assists and tackling and that sort of thing, that that kind of piqued my interest with Bobby Hill. But look, it was a flash in the pan moment. Oh, could he come to Hawthorne? Hawthorne's interested. And then, no, he's made his call. He wants to end up at the Bombers, so we move on. Uh, a couple of other names that have been talked about this weekend from uh, Mark McGowan. Jackson Callow uh, reportedly hasn't quite landed the deal. Uh, that we had uh, that we had, had imagined or that we'd heard up to this point, but Mark has said that he expects Callow to be signed very shortly, and uh, Saunders as well. Mighty Mouse still needs a deal. Good, I think he'll receive one. Yep. Mighty Mouse is one of Mitchell's favourites. I mean, you read between the lines, and he, he showed more than a few glimpses at Box Hill this year, so I wouldn't be worried about that. So we won't be losing anybody that we don't want to lose. Is the first point? No, I, and that's it. Like I. Probably caution supporters who are getting a little anxious at this time of year, like, oh, not my favourite players. I don't want them to leave. I think you can sit back and relax, to be honest. It just seems highly improbable that it's going to go that way. You'd be feeling pretty good in the group about how you ended the year, I think. You'd be looking at having a better year next year. So I think as a group, they're quite happy. And I remember a couple of years ago, they were talking about how well, the group was um, working together. Do you remember that? They were talking about the morale of the group was pretty pretty good. Well, that was before COVID, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. That old chestnut. Uh, we move on to some miscellaneous listener questions now. This one from the top from Danny at Hawk Talk Pod. What are your thoughts on the noise around the Hawks this trade period? And where do you think we, we end up in terms of players, picks in, players, picks out at the end of the trade period? Lots of moves, no moves, or somewhere in between? Well... I, I've banged on about this all podcast so far. I assume it's going to be a very quiet period indeed. But, Tiz, why don't you sound off and give us your thoughts? Oh, look, Hawthorne need to absolutely roll the dice here. Um, there's no point rolling the dice at the end of next year. And if you can accelerate the rebuild by bringing in a couple of younger players, because they're not all going to work out, if you can put in another few draft picks, the only thing you don't want to do is just do youth for youth's sake. Correct. And I don't think they're going to do that. So I think we're in good hands, even if it's a little bit boring. It's boring because the club is trying to cast a line, but there's just no bites. Yeah, and don't forget there's a lot of talent there that hasn't been picked out in the last couple of years due to the lack of footballing in a lot of the AFL states. And you don't necessarily need to get the very high draft picks to get players that might be tremendously good rather than players that look tremendously good right now. So we're, we're talking about like Sonsi, who played for Box Hill. Where's he going to go, given the limited exposure he's had? Um, how do you judge that fella? And what, confident, what confidence do you have in spending quite a high draft pick on a bloke like that. Not only the limited exposure, but he does have a fairly recent injury history as well. So, you know, Cal Toomey, as in projected in the top 20, he could slip to, you know, 21 or 24. I realise we'll have lower picks than that after bids and so forth, but you just never know. He could slip to Hawthorne. And on that, am I in the minority where I'm pretty comfortable with our draft hand? Obviously, I'd like another first rounder, but 5, 21, 24... I, I don't turn my nose up at that. I think that's a good place to build from. What if I said five and nine, and then 
whatever other picks you had after that. Would that That's more attractive to me, yeah. If we could make that happen with a reasonable deal, I'm for that. I think my, my absolute dream trade at the moment would be somehow securing pick three from the Gold Coast, as you said, Tiz. Um, you know, one thing I floated on uh, Footy Live, our appearance on Footy Live, good friends over there, uh, was the idea of um, Gunston and one of those picks in the 20s for Gold Coast pick three. That would be my uh, shot-in-the-dark trade. And your pitch to Jack Gunston would be, hey, mate, you want to be coached by Clarkson again next year? He's heading the Gold Coast. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, boy. It could happen. It could happen. With all due respect. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, the Suns want a leader. They, they, they're they done with recruiting youth. They're, that's not their emphasis at the moment. They, they want to get some experience in, and Gunston could be a guy for that. Can you not wait for that headline? Old Coast Suns. Oh. Fabulous. <laughs> it's full of retirees anyway. Just get it done. That's your brand. And meanwhile, Geelong's just sort of sitting there kicking the dirt like, that was our identity. Yeah, I thought we were on the surf coast. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Danny, look, I, I'm not expecting much. If anything does happen in the next few days, uh, picks, please picks or it would have to be an extraordinary player but i just i can't fathom who that would be i i would really like to see mitchell just pick a couple of players that are overlooked at other clubs they're quite good at a couple of things that he likes and we just bring them in for next to nothing maybe a late fourth rounder third rounder that kind of thing very miserly stuff but subtle changes to the list. Well, I, I think in effect there, you've answered the next question here from Views from the Nosebleeds. What constitutes a successful trade period? Not losing key players, or possibly only one, bringing in more draft picks, or not completely destabilising the club, but making some solid moves and maintaining our current draft hand? Uh, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with where we're at. Um, I, I know what the noise will be if we don't make many moves. It won't be about how, yeah, now Hawthorne's happy with their draft hand. They're really leaning into this new era. They're, they're doing what they should have done years ago. They haven't been uh, swap like player swap happy. Uh, it won't be any of that. It'll be criticising us because we just sat on our asses. Do you know what? There is one trade I'd make it with Geelong, and that is their first round pick next year. I like that. I like that very much. Do you reckon we could somehow involve that with a SEGS deal? <laughs> Just because we feel like the cliff's coming, let's just, you know, enjoy it more than we're already going to by going, where's our where's our first round Geelong pick sitting this week? They re-sign <laughs> Gary Rowan. Oh, yeah, here's the guy that's going to take us to a premiership. <laughs> Final specialist Gary Rowan. Yeah, he's good. I actually feel feel better for knowing that poor fella. He must have one good final in him. He might do, but you can't check any of the record books for it. It's got to be somewhere in the future. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. I, I'm happy with a conservative approach. That's all right. I just I don't want us to be goaded into doing anything stupid. Like, oh, the trade period's closing. Uh, uh, crap. Here's everyone. Put them all on the table. We need picks. Just, no. Nah, you can stay the course with the draft hand we have. That's fine by me. But they are all on the table over 26. So. Allegedly, yeah. That's that's the thing that's been reported. But I just don't know. Are, are we buying into the legitimacy of that? Well, basically, if you do buy into that, they're not on the next premiership side. So move them on. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, that, If that is the internal chatter, 
we are talking about grave doubts about whether those players can carry us to the next piece of silverware, which flows into our next question from Simon. Keep up the good work, fellas. Thank you, Simon. You too. Uh, assuming they aren't traded, can Tom Mitchell, Jager O'Meara, and Chad Wingard and Jack Gunston play in the next HFC Premiership? Well, that is the question, isn't it? I mean, they're all good enough to play in a Premiership. It's just the team isn't good enough around them now. Uh, I'd say three of them can. Let's look at the the age profiles here. Jack Gunston is the oldest, and therefore I would say automatically the least likely. I guess so, but you know he's never really relied on speed, and therefore he probably has a bit more longevity. Never had tremendous injuries until recently. Oh, look, it's such a hard question. All of this is viewed in hindsight. I mean, you look back at some of our drafts, and we've had two picks in the first round since 2016, and... There have been some very good players picked up by Hawthorne. I'm looking at these names, Mitchell, O'Meara, Wingard, and Gunston. Can I put it to you, if if all of those guys are automatic best 22 locks in, say, about three years, four years' time, when we want to be competing for our next premiership, when we realistically might be, has the rebuild really taken? It feels like our midfield should have been rejuvenated by then, and indeed our forward line too. Am I, am I a bit of a hard taskmaster? Yeah, because I think there's some wonderfully smart footballers there. Uh, and if you're smart enough, you keep your spot in the lineup. It's not always about speed. I'm not necessarily saying it's about speed, but if those guys are still the mainstays in three, four years' time, what, have, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing right now? We've got to get the right deal for them. If they're pushed out of the lineup, that's great. That's my point. Ideally, they're pushed out of the lineup. Tis if if what we're doing right now is working, if if we're putting the right bricks in place and we're laying them right for this rebuild, those guys aren't necessarily front and center for our next premiership tilt. Well, one of the big things I'll be looking at next year is uh, when a, whether the body types of our midfielders have changed, whether they're thinner or what what Sam's looking to do inside because. Uh, I think he's got to differentiate Jager and and Tom's game if they're both at the club. Uh, he just needs to find a way to make them a little bit less samey. We heard from Woz. Do you think the time on the sidelines for Tom Mitchell and Jager O'Meara due to long-term injury might allow them longer playing careers? Should we consider them a year or two younger than their actual age when considering the age profile of the team? No. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have gone there. No, I, I'm of the school of thought that those kind of injuries probably shorten your career, surely. Especially Tom's, yeah. Yeah. This is not to say they're not, you know, good players and they, they don't have anything to offer, but uh, you, you would take a fit and healthy Mitchell or, or O'Meara any days in terms of uh, supposed longevity or, you know, their projected playing careers. I, you know... If I could Thanos snap my fingers and change reality like that to make sure they wouldn't, Tom Mitchell wouldn't have sustained a broken leg from the traitor Tim O'Brien, oh. allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> we still don't know what happened there. It was alleged that Tim O'Brien was involved in the tackle that 
hurt Tom Mitchell, but I've never never gotten to the bottom of it. Yeah, there's a lot of supposition, and we're doing a hell of a lot of crystal balling on this episode. I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> it's true, listeners. Like I'm looking at Tiz via Zoom at the moment, and he's kind of you know sat back, arms folded. He's a very closed disposition right now. He's very nervous. I just want to point out that, yeah, of course this is all speculation because Hawthorne hasn't done anything yet. We're basically trade radio. We've become the thing that we hate, Tiz. What's going on? Yeah, can we talk about another team now? It's, it's much easier to talk about other teams when, you know... <laughs> when they're doing something? No, I mean, when you're making stuff up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> got no allegiance to them. I couldn't care if I'm right or wrong. Uh, <laughs> That's essentially it. Hey, you, you're embodying the spirit of one Matt Rendell. I am, yes. Yeah, wonderful stuff. Warble's still at Box Hill uh, for Matt Rendell. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I've got another question here from Al. If the Jago Mira interest from Port is legit, what do you think we get for him, noting that we'll chip in on the uh, the salary as well? Also, do you think we'll see a jump in Warple's performance like in 2019 where Mitchell was out, or do you think the roles are different and it won't be the same sort of thing? And further to that, we had a question from Callum. Do you think we can get Port's first round pick, number 16, that is, for O'Meara? See, now, this is a lot of people get caught up in the fact that we're going to be paying some of his contract. To me, that's great. Like, you know when that term ends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can budget for it. If you can get a higher pick due to the fact that you're paying a bit of his salary, fantastic. You just plug that into the books. That's all good. Don't worry about it. Far better than taking a later pick and never having to worry about John's payments ever again. And the the club is in a position where it can splash some of this cash, where you can start paying out some contracts. And if you can, do it. That you know, that is a great deal of the uh, the minimal leverage that we have at the trade table at the moment. That is part of it. That is one card we can actually play. So you definitely play it. Is pick 16 for O'Meara a realistic option? I'm not sure about that. The way you have to put it to port is your midfield failed you in the prelim. You need something else in there. This can win you a premiership. Is this pick 16 that you're going to pick, are they going to be in your next premiership? Or is Jager O'Meara going to be in your next premiership? Which is more likely? Yeah. Do you want to plug pick 16 into this side in maybe a year or two's time? Or do you want to plug Jager O'Meara in there now? Really roll the dice, and you're in a good position, Port Adelaide. You fluffed your lines at the prelim, but that's not going to happen again. You're better for it. You you could make the the big dance next year if it all worked out. And one of the pieces you could use is Jago Mira. So yeah, you're right. That is the argument you would be pitching to them. Uh, will we see a jump in Warple's performance if if Titch is out or the roles are different? Well, that did happen. So you'd fully expect that that would happen again. Yeah. I mean, historically, yeah, it happens. Can we bank on it again? Yeah, sure. Why not? We don't have any evidence to the contrary. So we just back that. <laughs> Here's a question from Jack straight up. Do you want to see senior players traded? Do I want to see senior players traded? Yep, sure. Yep. <laughs> Look, I have no problem with Hawthorne trading them because I think they'll, they're demanding of a good deal. If it's obviously a poor deal, you know, are these blokes going to have the influence they had in the past? That's the other question. Are we going to be a few rungs down the ladder because Gunston wasn't at the club? Probably, but he'll be leaving shortly anyway. It's like I said on the, you know, referencing once again the footy live chat that we did. I'm satisfied with the prospect of this forward line that we have 
finding a way to either sink or swim without Gunston. If it comes if it comes to that, if we lose him, because as you say, Tiz, we're going to be without Gunston shortly anyway. He's probably moving towards the twilight of his career. So if that's what it comes to, then fine. But that's me personally. And if he wants to have another crack at a premiership somewhere else, or probably a norm because he's got enough premierships, he's probably really <laughs> after a norm now because he got denied a couple of times, a little unfortunately. Um, yeah. Good luck to him. I don't think anyone could criticise Jack. Answering the question for, for my bit, uh, do I want to see senior players traded? Uh, it depends, which is the cop-out answer, but it's the one that I have, and it's true. It does depend on the deal that's being tabled. Uh, last couple of questions here. Uh, Callum Mack, who gets the number 23 next year? My guess is Cozzy. Ooh. Yeah, I can see Cozzy taking it. It's a heavy number, isn't it? The expectation is massive. Safe money says it's Cozzy, but I would love for Emerson Jacker to get it. Yeah? Yeah, I could see Jacker. Gee, it'd be great to wear that number, though, wouldn't it? What a dream, that uh, 23 for Hawthorne. Last question here from Adam. With an inexperienced coach at the helm, what is a realistic finishing position for the Hawks next year? This is something we've discussed during the week as well, Tiz. Look, there's so much uncertainty around footy at the moment. I'm not sure a lot of clubs play to their potential, I think. Sydney certainly outplayed their potential. I noticed they're involved in trades again. Very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think given the last five or six weeks, we played very well, very good football. And, you know, we can be optimistic about not being in the bottom three for much of the year next year, I feel. Don't you? I don't want to I don't want to be, you know everything's going to be fine. We're going to be playing finals in a couple of years. There's a lot of change that has to happen, a lot of development from key forwards and stuff like that. But I like what Sam Mitchell's selling. I really do. A realistic finishing position for mine. Uh, Look, we finished 14th this year. I'm going to be slightly conservative and say maybe 11th, 12th. I think we can make some gains, even if only slightly. I think if it goes to scripts pretty well, where we're giving the top eight a scare. I don't think we make the finals, but I think we send some shivers up the spine of the competition, like, oh, crap, the rebuild's actually going not too shabbily at all. Hawthorne are, Hawthorne are coming back. I, that is my best-case scenario, is that, is that we give the, give some teams a fright. But no, realistic, um, just a couple of ladder positions. I'll be conservative on it. The first thing he wants to do is change a couple of the team ethoses around tackling and pressure and... Um, that kind of stuff, especially in the forward line. That'll be the first thing. If that starts working and you can see that that's working, uh, then it'll all go well for a really good year. Um, apart from that, the uh, the centre work under Harvey, you know, if that starts kicking, kicking together, you know, if we can get some takeaways from the stoppages and it's not heading down into our back line all the time, we will look a much better team and have a much easier time of it than last year. Enjoy the ride, folks. 2022, it's a promising season. Now, if you do love the show, wrapping up here, of course, uh, we'd really appreciate it if you spread the word with a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It uh, really does make our day to read such lovely feedback, and that was certainly the case with this five-star review from Mojo Rooster, which is as follows. A must for all Hawks fans. I started listening to the Hawk Talk podcast this year. It quickly became my favourite podcast. Nick and Tiz have such a great rapport and an extreme knowledge of all things Hawthorne. Also nice to hear how 
the extended Hawks family are traveling, such as Box Hill and the VFLW, I strongly recommend this pod to any Hawks supporter, be it a casual fan or hardcore. You'll be thoroughly entertained, win, lose, or draw. That's mighty nice of you, Mojo Rooster. Thank you for that. Yeah, thanks, Mojo. And also, I'm just bringing up Box Hill there. They'll be fun to watch next year with all these new recruits getting down there and having a look at the talent on show. You know who's a guy that popped in my head the last couple of days that we just completely forgot about? Well, I don't know about you, but I certainly did. Fergus Green. Shh. <laughs> Shh. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter as well, at Pod. 3,000 followers, folks. That is done. We made it. Another sensational milestone. And it's all thanks to the ever-growing community around our show. Thank you so much for your support. You can find us on Facebook too. That's nearing its own milestone. So be sure to join us over there with our ever-expanding Hawthorne family, facebook.com slash hawktalkpod. You can find us on Instagram. We have some merch available on Redbubble. But Patreon, now that is the place to go if you really want to get on board with us and support the content we create here. Uh, Our latest bonus episode is out right now. We grade each player's 2021 campaign, Hawk by Hawk. It's a one-hour, 20-minute extravaganza. (laughs) It is a lot, folks. You're going to be seriously entertained as we really put the list under a microscope. And uh, look, we've had a bunch of diehard Hawkers sign up in the last couple of months too, and it means the world to us. So we want to just give a big, big shout out to Mike, Joseph, Arlene, Mitch, Jaden, Mark, Monique, Tripper, Andrew, Paul, Cryptic, and NC Massive. Thank you. And indeed, thank you to all of our subscribers. You contribute in a very real way and you help make this show possible. Yeah, that was a fun episode, grading everybody, wasn't it? You were, We were a bit harsh on Timmy, but then he left. So I feel better about that now. Uh... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I tell you what, it's an extravaganza in the episode itself, but geez, it was a massive editing job. But oh, was it? <laughs> we can, oh, yes, yeah. It probably could have got about an hour of 50, but we <laughs> took the scissors to it. My favourite episode that we do on that is the one where we look at the potential uh, lineups and, and look at how uh, they've been training over the summer and what we can expect from the boys going into next year and uh, and when we get the fixture. I um. We're in the bottom six, of course, so the fixture should be kind, Nick. Should <laughs> should be kind. And, uh, yeah, it's um, good fun. We get to see when we're off to Tassie and stuff like that, and we can start planning our lives again. It'll be oh, I'm looking forward to it. Good fun. Hey, you know what else is good fun as we're just wrapping up now? Um, did you get a notification about Sean Burgoyne's book? Oh, yes, I did, yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah, very excited to receive that in the mail soon. And don't you worry, listeners, we'll be – recapping all of that and so much more i mean the trade period's almost wrapping up we'll be back to uh, talk about the fallout if any of that and then of course we've got the draft and uh well whatever else we have in between that could be bonus episodes could be regular episodes just stick with us and uh you'll be thoroughly entertained i promise and stick fat with hawthorne too i i i think if there are unpopular decisions i you know you just have to fully embrace them i think um we've given a trust to uh, Sam Mitchell, and I think his first couple of decisions have to be hard ones. I'm sorry, do you ghostwrite Jeff Kennett's letters to members? Did he say this? Oh, mate, he's been only banging on about that for months. Did he? <laughs> Act like you don't know. No, no, I'm, I didn't actually read that letter, apart from the bit where he mentioned every sponsor, <laughs> which was hilarious to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, you just have to back him, like we did with Clarko. I know we're not. Because we've been successful... It, it, there's a bit of, you know, don't change anything that's been working. But you can't do that as a new bloke. You need to come in, make it your own. And he needs to do that as quickly as possible because 
you really have to have a clean break from a very successful era to make a new successful era. Otherwise, you're going to end up doing half of what the other bloke did and doing half of what you did, and those compromises don't work. Amen to that. Now, look, mate, i, I got to spend the rest of the day getting some sunshine. I'm going to pop on my Adidas runners. I thought I'd leave the Nissan at home. So much crowbarring of brands. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Uh, oh, it's all in good fun. As it always is here on the Hawk Talk podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back real soon to recap the trade period. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.